0: Episode of the Leander Middle School chapter of All Girls Considered. All Girls Considered is a podcast that connects girls and women through the power of story sharing and mentorship. I'm Alina Soto and I'm here with Joanna Monroy. We're seventh graders here at Leander Middle School. We are here with our first guest, Dr. Tiffany Spicer. Welcome, Dr. Spicer. Dr. Spicer currently serves as, as the Executive Director of Secondary Academics and Student Services for Dell Valley ISD. We appreciate you taking time out of your day to come and visit our podcast. Thank you. So, Dr. Spicer, what is your educational background?
1: Okay, so um, my it's kind of varied. I'll talk about my elementary to high school. So I moved a lot. We were in the military, and I was born in Texas, and so I started school in Texas. I went to school in Virginia. I went to school in New Mexico. And there's another state I can't remember right now, wow. so I'm all over the place. But when I graduated um, in New Mexico, I came to come to college here. And I went to UT, and so I'm a Longhorn, and that was in the 90s, um, 94 to be exact. And then I graduated in 1998 from the University of Texas at Austin, and I have a bachelor's in social work. So I wanted to help people. Um, I did not want to be an educator. I was just like, I'm gonna help people, but I'm not gonna be a teacher. I was running from that, okay? Um, after having a family and kind of getting them all situated, I went back to school and I was teaching at the time. And so I went to Texas State University in San Marcos. And there I got my master's degree. And that was in 19, nope, that was 2008. So it was almost 10 years after college because I was trying to be mom, wife, and all those different things. Um, and then after that, I waited a little bit longer. And by that time, I was a principal of middle school, high school, and just kind of moving up in my career. And so um, my boss at the time was like, you need to get your doctorate. And I was like, I'm good. <laughs> and so um, he convinced me to do it. And he said, um, you're an African-American, you're a woman, and you're in high school and you want to be a high school leader. So you need to make sure that you have your doctorate degree. So I went to Texas A&M and um, I did that so I could get my doctorate. So that was from 2000, about 12 to 16 it took about four or five years for that degree and so that's when I became Dr. Spicer from Texas A&M so I'm all about Texas schools.
0: (laughs) What made you choose your career choice?
1: Oh great question so um, as I said social work was my kind of heart I wanted to help people I like serving and I just like being a resource for people Um, However, I never practiced social work, so I never got the certifications that go along with it. I had the degree, but I didn't work and do that. Um, So I was a stay-at-home mom with my two girls, and I was like, okay, what can I do that I can still help people? I can still be a good mom and raise them. And so my mom, she fussed at me because I did not get um, my teaching certificate while I was at UT. I was like, psh, I got my degree. I'm good. Right? Wrong. So I had to go back and get certified to teach, and that's how I became a teacher. And so um, I love it. Um, I'm so glad I did it. I kind of waited too late, but it was, like, the best decision I made because I get to impact lives. And a lot of people talk about doctors and lawyers and all these people, but we educators, we're the ones who make those people. So that's just a – it's an honor that we get to do that and set the tone for everybody.
0: Who's your main support throughout your life?
1: Um, throughout my life, so – some constants that have been around are my parents. so growing up uh, my parents they've been married for 40 plus years they've been married forever. Um, and so we have a tight-knit family. It's myself and my brother. I'm the oldest but I'm also the shortest. He's a foot taller than me he's six two I'm five two um, but I still tell him I'm the big sister so I can beat him up. Um, but it was us four. So every time we moved it was us four even though we have extended family we have lots of aunts and uncles. Um, and lots of first cousins and second cousins and third cousins. We have a very big family, like hundreds of people, like big reunions. But when we moved a lot, it was them. Um, As I've gotten older, um, my girls are a central part of everything I do, and they're my life, they're my heart. Um, So they are too. So even going back to school, we'd be sitting at the dinner table. They're doing homework, and guess who was doing homework too? I was. And so that was, they're my cheerleaders. And even every time I got my degrees, they were just like, Go, oh, Mom. I'm so proud of you. That means I can do it, too. And so um, it's been a lot of people, not just immediate family. But um, in life, I got a divorce. And I had some girlfriends of mine who were just like, What do you need? So they babysat for me. Uh, when I was down, they would encourage me. Um, just friends for life. So when you have friends that you know they have your back you keep those people in your life because I have some that I've been friends with since 12 years old and um, we've been through everything together and I know I wouldn't be who I am and where I am today without them.
0: Who's your inspiration?
1: Who? Who is my inspiration? Hmm that's an interesting question um, I'm inspired by a few people not a lot Um, a couple people that come to mind, my first thought was Jesus. And let me tell you why I say that. Um, That's my faith, my faith. I believe in Jesus Christ, right? And so for me, when I get discouraged, I'm just like, so what I do, Lord? And I'm literally having a conversation like that. And not that I hear him say, Tiffany, go do X. But I just have to like, I just say, okay, Lord, I need help, right? So I'm inspired by the story of Jesus and who he is and who he is in my life. That's one. Um, But some women that I kind of like, They are doing it. Michelle Obama. Um, I read her book, and I saw her speak when she was here, and that was life-changing for me. Um, You see people, and you hear their stories, but just to see and be in her presence and knowing that she's just right there. I couldn't touch her because I was too far, but to know that I was close enough and in the same space as her and hearing her story and hearing how, even though she was not the President of the United States, all the influence and all the work she did to change not just this country, but the world, just spoke volumes because I want to be a person who makes a difference in the whole world, not just my space that I'm in at the moment, but I want it to be a ripple effect that people say, hey, there's somebody named Tiffany back in the day who helped open the door for X. So,
0: You were talking about your daughters earlier. Mm-hmm. What legacy would you want to leave behind for them?
1: Ooh. All right, that's a really good question. So legacy, I think I want them to know who they are and whose they are. And I tell them this a lot. Um, sometimes young girls and young ladies and sometimes even women like my age, we have insecurities um, and we're not confident. And so for me, I try to make sure that they know that you have a great mom and dad who love you very much. You have extended family who love you very much. And you're, you're a rock star. You're a shining star. Even when you don't do a good job on a test or you don't do a good job on whatever it's that they're working on the time, I want them to be confident here mentally um, that they're smart enough, they're pretty enough, they're intelligent enough, they are enough. And so that's what I want to make sure that they know. And I also want to make sure that um, financially I leave them set. You know, they're going to make their own money, but, like, and I tell them if I die today, I want to make sure that you guys don't have to worry about anything. Um, I want to make sure that, you know, mentally, physically, they're all in shape. They're volleyball players, and they're playing in college. They're just, ugh, they make me sick. They're so cute. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're just. I just want to make sure that they have everything. Um, I had a great life growing up, but I want them to have it even better. And so I just want to make sure I leave that for them because when they have children, and I'm a grandma, I don't want to be because I don't want to be that old yet. But when I'm a grandmother, I want to make sure that, you know, My kids' kids have what they need, and they're successful. So I want to make sure we pass it down generationally.
0: What are some of your hobbies?
1: Hmm, Hobbies. Well, I work a lot. (laughs) So when I don't work, what am I doing? In the mornings, I go to the gym. um, And I guess you could call it a hobby. I've only been doing it for, like, the last one, two, three years because being a principal of a high school, which I was here at Leander High School... And I was a principal, a middle school principal in Round Rock. Um, You work all the time. Every day after school, you're either watching a performance, a dance show, a volleyball game, basketball, football, you know, so you have a lot of work. And so I didn't take care of myself physically like I needed to, gained some weight or a lot of weight. Um, So the last three years, I've really been trying to focus on me and my temple, my body, and making sure that I'm healthy. Um, So working out has been, it's a stress reliever for me. So I go in the mornings before work, and then when I get to work, I'm happy, I'm nice, and I can encourage people. Um, So that's one. When I do have time, I like to read. Um, I'm reading a book with my friends that i talked about. We've been friends since 12 years old, reading a book together, and we live in different states, but we, um, Marco Polo, (laughs) and that's how we talk. So yes, older people do it too. Um, So I read when I can. I love to go to the movies when I have time. Um, That's it. I guess go out and eat with my friend girls and have a good time. So that's about it. Not too much.
0: Did you have a favorite subject growing up as a kid?
1: Favorite subject, I would have to say English. I like to write. Even now, I journal. Math. Math. I liked it, but it didn't like me sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I had to work extra hard at that. But um, I still liked math. But I kind of loved English. I like to write. I like to read. I like stories. I like to figure out the plot. I like to figure out who did it. So, yeah.
0: What are some obstacles you face being a woman of color in education?
1: Oh, very good question. So, um, let's see where I start. As a teacher, I can't think of very specifics I want to talk to in regards to being a woman of color teaching. Um, I was in um, a neighboring district, and I didn't have, that I realized, too many obstacles faced me. Um, but as I became an administrator, I did notice, and as an assistant principal, okay, um, and I was at a high school at the time, I kind of noticed that there wasn't that many um, women of color. Um, most of my colleagues were usually white females. And there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just a fact. Like, I pay attention to race. I pay attention to gender all the time. Um, So I noticed that. Um, I also noticed that a lot of the high school principals were usually men and not really women. Um, Women principals were usually um, and still are usually at the elementary level, sometimes at middle school, rarely, but sometimes at high school. So going um, through the ranks, and I told you I was a middle school principal and then a high school principal. So coming here. 2014, Leander ISD, um, I was the first um, person of color to be um, a high school principal, and I think I was my, maybe the first woman of color, period, um, K-12, so our elementary middle and high schools, and that was in 2014, so coming to Leander High School, um, I was excited about the opportunity, but I didn't know that until I got the job, and so I called the superintendent. I said, excuse me, I have a question. And we were pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I said, um, I just heard that I might be the first um, woman of color as a principal. He's like, it's true. And so that was kind of like a shock, if you will, because in other districts and other places, I always met women of color who were principals too. And so being here as the first one was kind of different because I felt like um, I had to not only represent women, but people of color. And I had to do not just a good job, but a great job. Because if I didn't do a good job, any other person of color, whether they're black, Hispanic, um, Asian, anything, if, if they wanted to come behind me, I had to set the stage, I had to make sure I did it right. Um, so I really prided myself, if you will, to make sure that I represented and did everything to the best of my ability, because I wanted to make sure that um, the door was open for other people who might want to be a principal or an administrator. So I was also the third woman high school principal. And so if you know Ms. Simpson, she's the fourth female high school principal in the district, my understanding. So that's how that works, you know. So um, there's not that many of us. My dissertation was about female high school principals, specifically African-American, and there's only about 5% out of um, so there's a thousand districts. Pretend ten, every district has at least one high school or six. So if you did the math, which I don't know if that is thousands of thousands of high school, only five percent of those are African American females. And at the time when I did the study, it was about 76 women. Um, so I did have an opportunity. I reached out to them and I interviewed some of them. I met some of them, and that's how I did my study because I want to see what's their experience like if it's like mine or if it was different. So um, it's been interesting because. High school is mostly for men. It's usually white males. And so when you're the only person of color or the only woman or the only person of color who's a woman in the room, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're representing everybody. <laughs> and so it's just kind of like, okay, how am I going to navigate this? And then sometimes the boys, they want to be boys. And just like, wait a minute, I'm in the game too. And so you just have to advocate and be a voice. But it has been challenging. Um, I'm like, okay, how am I going to solve this? How am I going to fix this? How am I going to help this student or this parent or this teacher? So um, I don't know if there's anything that I'd want to know before becoming an educator. I think I'm okay for now. What are, some,
0: oh, what are some accomplishments you've made in your life?
1: Oh, wow. Accomplishments. Um, well, I think my daughters are my accomplishments. Um, and just seeing them blossom and grow. I think um, the leadership opportunities that I've had as, a, as an administrator, um, some of my students are now married with kids. and I don't think I'm that old, but something has happened that they've gotten older and I've kind of maintained. Um, so just seeing them and hearing their stories. Um, one of my kiddos um, graduated from later high school, he'll be a senior. Well, he's a senior this year um, and he was our valedictorian. And he's at MIT, and I still get to keep in touch and hear the stories, and I get emails that say, you made such a difference in my child's life, and they're thankful for that. Um, Getting letters and emails from my former students and from parents, that brings joy. And um, I kind of keep those, because when you have a bad day, you need something to make you smile. So I use those to help me smile. Um, I've had the opportunity to be honored by um, different sororities and organizations for being an educator. Um, And for being also an African-American woman educator, um, the city of Leander um, honored me one year and different sororities in Austin area have honored me. So I just have different things on the resume um, that have um, brought joy to my heart and I'm thankful for those opportunities. Um, But I think my biggest accomplishment is just knowing that I'm making a difference and I'm pouring into the lives of other people who are going to come after I'm old and gray. And so that excites me, and that just makes me keep wanting to do what I do.
0: What qualities about yourself? How to you become successful?
1: What qualities? Um, being a servant leader. So what that means is sometimes people lead, and they say, I'm the boss, right? If they have to tell you that they're the boss, nine times out of ten, they're really not. So for me... Um, I have titles and people are like doctor this, doctor that, right? But at the end of the day, I want to serve. So if I'm asking whoever I'm, I'm supporting, so I supervise principals, so I ask them, how am I help you? What do you need to be a better principal? What do you need to lead your staff? What do you need to serve your teachers? So I like to ask a lot of questions and provide support and I like to serve. So I talk about servant leadership and that's 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 a characteristic that I think I I model and exemplify for the people that I work with. Also, um, I like to think that I inspire people to want to be the best version of themselves that they can be. Um, so that's a that's the word that I use. It's even on my Twitter handle. I think it's still there, but I talk about just inspiring people because I'm inspired when I see different things, whether it's through my students or through adults or through situations, and I want to be an inspiration to other people. Um And then I try to smile. Something so simple, but it's so powerful, um, just because you never know what people are going through. And so whether I'm in the grocery store or walking down the hall or whatever, I'm trying to smile at people. I like to smile, number one, but number two, I like to see people smile back. And when they're sad, you can tell when somebody's sad or not in a good place. And when they smile, it just gives them just a little bit of hope that they didn't have before they saw me.
0: So we know that you're a very busy woman have to get going um, so we're going to end with one last question
1: mm-hmm. do you have any advice for young girls? Advice for young girls what I would say is find out what you're passionate about what you love and pursue that um, a lot of times people talk about well go get a job that's going to make you tons and tons of money that's what I hear all the time um, but my words to you are find something that you're passionate about and do that to the best of your ability, and that'll take care of itself. So I'm passionate about education. I'm passionate about seeing students thrive and grow and mature, Um, and the money has come. I started making a small salary, and now I'm making a, a big salary, and it'll keep getting bigger, but that's not why I do the job. I do the job because I love children, I love students, and I love to see like see what they become after they've had an encounter with, you know, whatever district or whatever program that I'm working with. So pursue your dreams. Um, Don't let anybody tell you that you cannot do whatever it is you want to do. Um, That's one of the things I hate when people say, well, you're just a girl. Maybe you should just go to. That drives me crazy. Um, So there is no limit to what you can be or become. Um, And go do it. And sometimes that's even from family or friends. You don't let anybody deter you. Go, do, and be whatever and whoever you want to be um, and, and have a good time. Life is very short. Treasure the friends that you have. This group, it's been amazing to be with you guys, and um, you're a strong group. And it's to me, it's inspiring. I did not have this when I was growing up. So it would have been nice to have a group of young ladies and a group of teachers who were pouring into you and just saying, hey let's go, let's talk about what it means to be a young girl in this day and age. So um, cherish these moments, that's what I would say, and have fun and don't lose this connection. Even when you guys go to high school and go to college, still try to keep in touch. Even if it's like the once-a-year phone call, hey girl, how you doing? How you been? You know, you know, because that's powerful. And um, I've had some of the best friends that I met in school, in fifth grade, and we still, to this day, we mark a pole in the mornings on the way to work. So just um, love each other, respect each other, um, build team, build family, and have fun doing that.
0: On behalf of all Girls Considered podcasts, we would like to thank you, Dr. Spicer, for coming on and being our first guest. It has been an absolute honor spending time with you today.
1: Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. I'm honored.
0: I'm Uriah. I'm Joanna. And I'm Alina. And And we we want want you to remember who runs the 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 world, world. girls.
1: Woohoo!